Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to Raising Parents, the Parenting Science Insights podcast, produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Dina Sargent. Now, let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. So we've had guests come onto the show and join and talk and talk about their experiences in a professional and personal sense. Now we're getting a little bit more personal and talking about a child's perspective on a parent's parenting style. So today I have an awesome co-host, a famous co-worker of mine. Famous? Wow. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Probably one of my favorites as well. Uh, today we're joined by Lou Nyu. How are you going? Thank you. That's not how you pronounce my last name, oh, by the I'm way. Sorry. <laughs> Just thank you. I always mess that up. Well, is how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, but I know it's hard. It's okay. A lot of my friends said no. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, it's not how you say it. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, so we're going a little bit into talking about parents' parenting style. And especially now that you're a little bit older than, we, than when you lived at home. Uh, it's going to be very different and you're going to be in a different communication with them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get started and talking about it, we're going to go get to know a little bit more about you. And I know a lot about you. I was most things, some things about you. Mm-hmm. But I think the audience would love to get to know you a whole <laughs> lot more. Okay. So we're going to talk about the different things. A little icebreaker. You know the drill. Talking yeah, I about know the drill. Have you Hit met? Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's do it. So first thing is your favorite book. Okay, I have many favorite books, as you know me. Uh, I'm an open book. <laughs> I talk about my favorite books all the time. It's hard to choose one. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about something new. Uh, so I just started reading a new book today, and mm-hmm. I would love to talk about this, even though I'm not done with it yet. The book is called Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before mm-hmm. by Dr. Julie Smith. And it's about, it's kind of like a guide for your you know, mental health and emotional health journey, Mm -hmm. let's say. Um, And I really like how she approached it from the very beginning. She already said, you know, you don't have to go through a practice or, you know, like try a new thing to improve yourself or to improve the way that you're feeling just because you're going through it. Mm -hmm. This is actually preventive, you know, like, and she, she used this analogy I really like. It's kind of like you're paying for your mortgage instead of rent. So, you know, learn these tools first before things happen so you have them ready. And even when things are going well, you can still, you know, practice the different strategies to improve your mental health. Mm -hmm. And I'm so big on mental health. Look, in case anyone doesn't know, I host two other shows about happiness and well-being. So I love it. Um, And I I believe it has eight different sections. Okay. But um, that's all I'm going to say for now because I think everyone should definitely read it. I haven't finished it and I'm already hooked. So I think everyone would benefit from it. Really good read. Wow. I'm going to add that to my list. And I know I say that every single episode, but it's true. It's true. Every single book that 
everyone comes on and recommends, I'm just like in awe of how, especially when they are able to describe it without even reading the blurb of it, knowing fully what it's about. And it's already something that's got you hooked onto it. So mm -hmm. it's always, I always add it to my list when I see the amount of passion that the guest comes on and uh, has when they talk about it as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first one is, the second one is favorite movie. Ah, so tough. I have many favorites. I think the last time I, when I was on another show, I was kind of talking about this rom-com I was watching. That was like the last one that I watched recently. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember it vividly. My favorite of all time, I would say, this is going to sound so funny. My favorite of all time is probably High School Musical. Oh, yeah. You know what? I just, yeah, I just, I just love the teenage period of growth and change and music. Yep. Yeah. In on top of all of that, great. I mean, it's actually pretty deep when you look back on it and you watch it again, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's not just singing and dancing and mm -hmm. it's a whole lot of like, there's an actual storyline there as well, which yeah. is pretty, pretty, and it's yeah. pretty big. It's not a small sort of situation. I, I think I, I like that it has um, it has this kind of growth journey of all the characters embedded in it. Yeah. Um, there are three parts for those that don't know High School Musical. <laughs> um, so I, I think the, the part I like the most would probably be the, the last month's uh, senior year. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really touched me. Um, and I think it's... It's been with me ever since. Like, I still think about it sometimes. And, you know, when I need a little pick-me-up, I just watch the, the movie because, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like this coming-of-age story. You grow, you change, you make friends, you um, couple up, but then you move on with your life nonetheless. And, you know, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, like something about it just makes me feel really good about life yeah. in general. No, I think the third one's probably my favorite as well. Yeah. Because even the songs, like, they just hit you in a completely different way. 100%. And I still, I have that song in pretty much all of the playlists that I have about I going know. deep. Because it's just something that, mm -hmm. um, I have it in the Matilda playlist. And oh, it's like really? that growing up oh, kind of that. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I still relate yeah. to it, no mm -hmm. matter what age you are, I think. Yeah. 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 Totally. Love it. <laughs> So the next one is a favorite podcast of yours. Well, I don't know if this is cheating, but as I mentioned, <laughs> I host two other podcasts. I haven't been listening to podcasts a lot lately, um, first of all. And second of all, because I'm hosting podcasts, I would love to share that the shows that I <laughs> really enjoy yep. are Sarah Boost and Doing Well. And they are my shows with LMSL. So I'm very excited to share about them. And... The interesting thing about these two podcasts that I'm hosting, right? I think I've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. But it's not that I know about any of these things, first of all, which is why it's so interesting to me. Because even when I've done the podcast recording, mm -hmm. I have to listen to it again to know exactly what happened. Yeah. And, you know, what I could learn from it. Because obviously I'm learning in the conversation, but it's even more important for me to learn again. Yeah, because there might be things that the, the guests say that I might miss. And this is like just the nature of podcast hosting, because sometimes you're focusing on preparing for the next part of it or yes. you're thinking about how to respond or, you know, like even if you're practicing active listening, it's a lot of logistics when you're hosting to actually yep. take in all the information. And sometimes I take notes during hosting. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if, if the guest is mentioning something new, I just like take notes. But then other times it's harder because they go really fast and, you know, they're passionate about what they're talking about. And it's like a lot happening when you don't know about any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really like that I, I get to learn on the go with the shows. And there there's just so many new things for me. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I'm an advocate of well-being. I don't chase happiness, but I would love to understand it. So that's why I love these shows, because... As an audience member, if I, I focus on the insights and the learnings, I really think that I can sort of map out what I want to do and, and need to do for myself. And the most interesting part of it all, let me tell you, is when I'm doing the shows, right, I'm not in the best state all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I learn throughout the process. And sometimes when you listen to these podcast episodes, you'll see me analyzing my own situation mm-hmm. you'll see me healing myself with the guest help mm-hmm. on the spot yeah that's the interesting part about the experience and I think that's why I wanted to talk about these shows because to me they're very interesting like yes and I, I still don't I, don't I still don't understand happiness and well-being fully but that's why I really love the shows no I think that's like it's I really love I think I've listened to your show constantly oh. and like not only are the guests amazing the way that you sort of relate to your own personal experiences is is a really amazing way to deal with dealing with it it's not just you asking the guest everything it's you sort of also acting as an audience member on behalf of the audience which I think is pretty it's pretty nice to listen to yeah and like the guests that you have on Mm. are Every week, it's always incredible. I know, right? They're, always, they're so amazing. They're, they're the so kindest deep. people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about these guests. Like, I just feel so grateful and lucky that they they join our shows and, you know, yeah. talk to me. Um, and they're so kind, you know, like, they're just, these experts are super experienced and they're setting time out of their day to just talk to me. And sometimes they even follow up and, you know, like, send me a note. And, like, that's just the best. Best yeah. thing ever. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, definitely go and check out their shows and I will make sure that they are in the link below so you can go check them out. Um, the next part is a famous role model of yours. See, I don't know mm-hmm. about my famous role model because it changes constantly. Yeah. I pick things up from this person and that person and it's kind of like it changes. So... I would say at the moment, I don't really have any famous role model in mind. Mm-hmm. But I would say I'll probably choose a personal role model. So not famous to everybody else, but famous to me, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this person, well, I would say is my best friend. Mm-hmm. Because of the way that, you know, she carries herself in the way that she looks at life and the way that she really challenges her beliefs. She knows what she's going through and she really focuses on debating her own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that teaches me a lot, you know, and, and also I I just love how she, she sees life in a different way from me mm-hmm. because she's all about like not worrying about the next thing. And, um, She's all about saving up for traveling. Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard for me to kind of do that because I, I live by myself and I have all these things that I need to do. And 
I also love traveling, but like it seems so hard for me lately to just prioritize it. But to to my best friend, it's like top of her list, and she likes it. She goes. Mm-hmm. I just love it, and you're such an inspiration. And she, you know, she goes to work, but she utilizes her time outside of work to do other things. You know, it's been hard for me to do that. So you know, it's just so great to see her thriving and you know getting mm-hmm. back to doing all the things that she loves and. Talking about, you know, moving to New York and living in other places. Uh, she does a lot of um, ad, ads and like, I would say like video commercials. Okay. As a, like, you know, on Star Now, you know, that platform. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it's just like a lot of different things that she's doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really focusing on herself. And I, I really love that. And she doesn't lose herself in a relationship either, which I really respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, at the moment, that's my personal role model. Oh, wow. That's, that's, it's amazing when you find people like that. I know, People right? that inspire you in yeah. a completely different way. Yeah. And I know that I always ask famous role model, but I love hearing when they have personal touches and personal stories with the person that they admire the most. Well, I mean, she might be famous. I don't know. Cause she's on Star Now, right? So you be. might have seen her on an ad here and there. Yeah. So, so she counts as a famous yeah. role she, model. She did an ad for PlayStation. She oh, did wow. another one for Western Bulldog, I think. So yeah, she, she's everywhere. She's, she's living her she's best famous. life. Yeah, she's probably famous. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So the next one yeah. is a famous a course that you have completed. Well, uh, recently I completed this test uh, product that we are building at LMSL called mm-hmm. Emotions. While there are a lot of things that we need to work on to make it better for, you know, our uh, target audience and, and the groups that we're going to serve in the future, yeah. I really enjoyed the course. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what I said. Overall, like I really enjoyed the course because I did learn a lot of new things. Yeah. Obviously, there are key aspects that we need to improve. But I like that I, I got it when I needed it the most as well. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, the course is structured in, I think, 14 modules. And okay. you're the voice of it. I know. And you're the voice of it. So that's why I love it. Um, so, yeah, I was I was listening to it and I was kind of like taking notes. And I was also thinking about the times that I've talked about emotions on my podcast. Yeah. So, obviously, I probably know a little more about emotions than the average person. Mm-hmm. But I did pick up new theories and, you know, new things here and there. And I also kind of like, I, I think the most important part for me when I did the course is the reminder to do things that are good for me, like journaling. Yeah. I have become so bad at journaling that mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, it it teaches me to look at journaling differently and kind of try different ways to organize my thoughts and understand my emotions and unpack it. So the aim is to make it even better, you know, like to, to make it really insightful and to kind of capture all the emotions so that people can understand emotions from a holistic point of view so mm-hmm. you know we we found out like ways of developing the course so it's it kind of like i didn't create the course yeah um but i'm part of building the course however as part of this process i get to to learn new things so i think that's so far like at the moment in the past five years that's probably my favorite yeah wow yeah so yeah I th- i'm hoping for the next version to come out really soon yeah 
Um, obviously, it's a team effort, so it, it will come. But I'm excited about that. And I'm excited for our audience to know about our products, you know, when they're ready. So Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for that. I loved being the voice for it too, as well because I got to sort of see the script and Learn. the whole, yeah, and the whole, all the ideas that are come into it in one place is, it's very big. It's very deep. It's very personalized. I yeah. felt as well, like you felt very touched. Like I felt very touched when I was reading it and I'm the one reading it. So yeah, it was really nice to sort of, I love being a part of that. And I think that's the amazing yeah. thing about this company as well is that each of us are sort of a part of it in a very yeah. different way. Yeah, I know, right? But we're still like one team creating something. Yeah. I hope this doesn't sound too pluggy. Like, no. <laughs> I swear we're not spreading the whole podcast just plugging our company. No. <laughs> this isn't the point of not, the show. Not just plugging our brand. We're going to talk about, yeah, a lot more things. I have a lot of things to say today. So hopefully that'll be interesting yes. to people. Yes. And we'll get started right into that now. Let's do it. <laughs> So we're talking a little bit about parenting styles and yeah. how your parenting style has sort of affected your the way that you were parented has yeah. sort of affected you growing up. Yeah. To start off with, what were some of the positive and negative experiences that you had with your parents? Mm -hmm. Okay, before we start, I have to say, I want to take a step back by saying mm -hmm. anything I share would be either welcomed or debated by my parents and family. Mm -hmm. But I do think that because we want to be, you know, really insightful, it's important for us to be honest. Yeah. And when you, you know, when, when you research different cases, people need to be honest and open so that you know why it is the way that it is or, you know, how things could be done better. So what I'm going to say here is going to be out of love to my parents mm -hmm. because I acknowledge that they've done the best that they can mm -hmm. and still doing the best they can even now, as in, even though I'm an adult mm -hmm. um, and they know what they know. Yeah. So first of all, that's, that's what I'm going to start with. Yes. I um, think it's good to yeah, take that. Yeah. And second of all, where, where would you, where would you like me to go first? That's a, that's a very big question. How would, how would you like me to start? Um, we can start with some of the positive Okay. Experiences that you've okay, let's, had. Okay, let's start with on a positive note first. Yes. Um, positive notes, I would say to be, um, I would say the unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Because I was always pushed to do things and I was kind of pushed to be a good student, a good daughter. But I was never pushed to do these things to be loved, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they were always pushing me so that I would have a better life. So that's why I think... You know, it's unconditional love and it's been very important mm -hmm. um, because to me, it's like it's this constant struggle of am I good enough? Mm -hmm. So, so it, I think it's just uh, having that support of knowing that I need to strive to be better, but that doesn't define the love of my family for me. Yeah. That's I think that's like a really good starting point. Um. And I think another positive thing that I really love about um, the parenting style, and also I have to backtrack and say my parents split up when I was six mm -hmm. months old, mm -hmm. six months old, not okay. six years old. Um, so it's me and my mom, mm -hmm. my whole life. Yeah. Um, and my dad was there as well, but the, that is a different case. So I guess if I were to talk about the positive thing about... You know, um, 
being in that situation is actually to see that they they do their best for you know like for me and instead of um kind of like pushing me to be in the middle they they try to balance it out mm-hmm. and i think this this is different for each person right because if your parents are together if your parents um co-parent or if it, if your parents you know have moved on mm-hmm. my parents never moved on Uh, from that and you know like remarried uh, they have moved on with their lives so they yeah. haven't remarried that's what i'm saying so to me it's kind of interesting there because they did their best mm-hmm. kind of juggling because as i grew up i realized they were actually really struggling themselves in the sense of they didn't really they couldn't get to talk about what they really want to talk about they didn't really get to let it out of their system you know they were kind of like there's like tension yeah in the air sometimes mm-hmm. but they handle it for me and they could be in the same room together for me yeah. when needed mm-hmm. so that's i think the good thing the not so great thing i would say to be the i think the sort of um traditional way of upbringing in southeast asia mm. so obviously my mom um is really just like strongly focused on me being a good girl okay and you know for me to kind of like settle down yeah and my dad is not kind of like stressed about this and he doesn't talk about it as much um he probably asks about it like once a year mm-hmm. yeah uh, but for my mom she would remind me of this every now and again and I think the the other thing is to kind of impose her thoughts on me sometimes mm-hmm. because she thinks it's going to be good for me. So I, I guess that that's the downside of the the unconditional love, actually. Yeah, yeah, because she wanted she wanted the the good things for me, but she didn't really know what I wanted. Okay, um, okay. which is like also another level of complexity because I moved away from from, from my family five years ago, and I've. You know, I've been on my own since, mm-hmm. and it's a whole complete different relationship now. Uh, but the the downside of it is still like the the pushing and the kind of like forcing. You gotta date someone. You gotta you know settle down, get married, and have kids. Yeah. And I posed this question to her about two three months ago when I was visiting family, and I was kind of saying, "What if I don't want kids?" Okay. And she didn't know how to respond. Yeah. So I think uh, you know the unconditional love. Is the positive side of it, but the not so positive side of it as well is: will it always be unconditional? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I knew that it, it was always unconditional love. I didn't have to do this and that for me to be loved by my parents. But yeah. what if I'm not the traditional person? Yeah. yeah. What I'm? What if I'm not going to go the path that other girls or women? go yeah in life in general not just like in my country you know yeah in my country where i was born so it's kind of like i don't know it's a very that's why i said it's a very big question like no it the is the good the bad the ugly it's like it's, it's like layers of complexity and it's just so much to talk about yeah um and also in terms of uh, my parents another thing is it's kind of like they try they can try to be in the same room for me but the kind of on the other hand the other side of the coin is they suppress their feelings and some sometimes that shows mm-hmm. so i think to me that was like a bad thing when it comes to parenting like suppressing the feelings they feel towards each other and they kind of 
sometimes say things in passing to me and I would kind of like had to piece things together. It's, you know, like yeah. it's not healthy. No. It's not healthy for me to see them like that, first of all. Yeah. And it's not healthy for me to be in the middle of that sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So they try to avoid it as much as possible, but I feel like when they were suppressing their feelings and kind of dodging the question or, you know, saying things when it kind of slipped, I felt it all. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like part of it is kind of like emotional trauma that I have as well. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like, why aren't you dating people? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I look at my parents. Yeah. And I don't want to date anybody. Yeah. No, I could try. You know, yeah. like I tried. Like, I was like, okay, maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then I look back on them and I'm just like, nah. Yeah. Because, no, you know, like this, this is this is what could happen to them individually. And then that affects yeah. me as well because the parenting style is, I, I think personally, for them, it's impacted so much by their emotional health and mental health and how they're managing themselves. Yeah. And they didn't manage themselves very well. It kind of had a really bad effect on me. So, yeah, that's just a, I'm just scratching the surface. But overall, like that's how I would share the good and the bad. Yeah. And I think it's very, it's important to acknowledge the good and the bad and like especially especially on this show like we talk about parenting we talk about parenting styles and we talk about so many different scientific ways of doing it but there are so many emotional and personal Mm -hmm. senses that can really impact and it's not an easy parenting is not easy on either side either the child or the parent like I've seen so many situations where it's healthy to it's the it's healthy it's there's a healthy way of being a parent and there's a healthy way of being a kid but they impact each other so much and one really relies on the other so often whereas like your parenting style it affects how the child will end up being a parent and all of that stuff like you said it's a very it deals with all of your emotional health and it's important it's important to understand that you have to be good in yourself to be able to parent in a really good way and I think I've had that said on a guest before with a guest before like she's she was very set on saying that you need to figure out how you would be Mm -hmm. but first you need to deal with how you were and that would that hit me really deep because it's like you have to figure out how you were parented to be okay with how that was yeah and to unlearn a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to un- unlearn. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. It, it It's my worst fear as well. Because people are like, you got to have children. And I'm like, I don't know if I want children. Yeah. And also the, the amount of stuff that I've been dealing with just, you know, like from past experiences. Yeah. Maybe trauma. I don't even know if I'm going to be a good parent. Can I even be? You know, like I, I'm, I'm just like. Yeah. I'm not even 10% done working on myself. Yeah. So, yeah, totally agree with that. But that's just that's just my perspective. I'm not a parent yet. No. Yeah. I only have cats, so I don't just know. Cat mom. That's just important. a cat melmy. important. Yeah. Like, yeah, very important. <laughs> but, like, I, I know it's not, you know, it's not as parenting no. humans. Yeah. It's very different. Very I know different. that. I know that. So, yeah. And also the other day I watched this video um, by Ted. I think it's Ted Ed. Mm-hmm. What if you live every single life on earth? And mm-hmm. it 
it has a component of, you know, like what you're doing today will impact your future generation. Yeah. So much of that, right? Yeah. And And how you parent your child is much more than just parenting your child, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Because no. what you do with your child can impact a whole other generation. Yeah. And I think my friend and I talk about this a lot where we kind of mention like the like the emotional trauma that that can have on you if your parents couldn't handle their past experiences. Mm. So there's such a strong emphasis on working on ourselves. And that's why I kind of think for me, like it's just such an important thing. And I've noticed how important it is for my parents to, to work on themselves. Yeah. And obviously I try to communicate this with them and, you know, encourage them in a nice way, which is kind of like the concept of parenting your parent. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of hard when they are from a different generation. They've had experiences where it's kind of hard to change their minds. Um, environmental factor, you know, their circles, the way that the society and and their circles are mm-hmm. wired. It's, yeah, it's a whole learning curve for them. So I also understand and respect that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like, especially when it comes to the cultural sense that adds a whole other, it's not like the Western world where parents are always changing. Parents are always growing. Yeah. But in a cultural sense, it's very much stuck in, because I know like seeing my mom's side of the family, they're all very much stuck in their way. Like my grandma's stuck in in her life and she has no way of understanding any new concept. And so we're talking, like, sometimes I'm talking to her and it's just, she doesn't understand the fact that I'm almost 25, not married and not not with a child or anything. And she's just like, well, but you're, you're 25. Shouldn't you be, like, shouldn't that part be coming up soon? And I'm like, not not in this day and age. People, the average of people get married and have children is in their 30s. Yeah, it's it's also, I think it's, more than that, like, I think it's not about what everyone else is doing. Yeah. It's about me. Yeah. What about me? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people that get married young, have kids young, and they thrive. Because that's mm. what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. I, I respect that. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I just respect it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's different for me. And I understand that people are different. So, you know, like, if someone enjoys that, it doesn't mean that I have to. Yeah. You know, no, just like... True. Just like, you know, if I like High School Musical and you don't, like, you have watched it, you've, like, you don't, do not like it at all, I'm not going to force it on you and be like, you got to watch it every day. Yeah. Or just watch it when you're there. I'm not going to say that, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, similarly speaking, <laughs> in a much deeper sense, uh, do not force people, please, do yeah. not force people to have uh, relationships and families and kids when they don't want to or when they're not ready. It's got to come naturally. No, exactly. Um, so the next part, <laughs> going deeper into it, um, what are some things that you learned from your parents that you want to carry on forward? Um, I think it's how much they value family. Mm-hmm. You know, I really love that and I really admire that because I think for me at the moment, I think last time when we had a conversation if you remember, we were talking yeah. about how my family is my friends at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Here. So when I think of that, I also think of how my parents' lives have always been about their family, like their actual blood family. Mm-hmm. 
and they're so tiny that they're, you know, really caring and they want to know everything. Well, I mean, maybe it's like a part of, like, you know, like, I need to know everything about you because, you know, we're close. But yeah. I don't think it's the same everywhere. Um, so I really respect that they just really cherish their family members, the extended families as much as their, you know, nuclear mm -hmm. family and so on. And I think it's just beautiful to see that they they're doing things for one another. Yeah. Like my mom would, um, let's say, check in on um, her brother and sister and kind of see if they wanted to hang out or if they wanted to come over for a meal so she'll cook. Yeah. Um, and in bigger things as well. Like if they're not well, she'll, you know, get the medicine or, you know, like go through stuff with them and make sure they're okay. And they're really tight-knitted. Yeah. I mean, I'm an only child from my mom and I'm a second child from my dad. So for me, it's just kind of hard to understand what I, like how I would approach it mm -hmm. because I don't have such a strong connection with anyone in my family apart from my mom and my grandpa, grandma, grandma's past now, but you know, there's grandpa. So I'm kind of yeah. like, I don't know how I'm going to maintain that in the future, especially when I'm here by myself. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. And I think that they do a fantastic job at caring for their family and extended family in general. And it creates like a sense of belonging. Obviously, mm -hmm. it creates a sense of community and connectedness as well. Like that's their community. Those are their people and they really care about them unconditionally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like they just sort of got me on board. <laughs> I yeah. had to, you know, like I had to. I had yeah. no choice as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was that was really good. Um, other things I would say is kind of the, the fact that they really value family time. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if we're having a lot to do, we'll still sit down and have dinner together. Yeah, okay. And I feel yeah. like that that's like in this day and age is interesting to navigate. I mean, like I've been by myself for so long. I don't I don't really know how that works. But recently I've had a really close friend move to Australia as well. And mm -hmm. she's in Melbourne. So, you know, we're kind of hanging out a lot. Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like I have that again. Yeah. And I feel like I picked that up from my parents. Like they just really value it. And, they, you know, you have to spend quality time together mm -hmm. and, you know, have the meal clean, talk, watch TV, talk some more, have tea, go for a walk, all that sort of stuff and yeah. do that together. Yeah. And most of the time, um, no phones involved. Yeah, that's that's so weird to hear that that's a normal, that that's like some families do that. And I think that's... Really? Yeah. Is it not normal? Not that I've seen. Really? Yeah. I don't okay. think like like uh, sitting down and having dinner is probably the max that I would like even in my family that's probably a rarity mm. in what we do it's usually us eating dinner at different times oh wow and yeah wow and I'm okay. usually in my room eating dinner while studying and everyone else is just doing their own thing oh, wow. like, there's no like set time okay well so I guess my parents did a good job yeah especially my mom because I mean I, I hang out with dad probably like once a week Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we normally have lunch together once yeah. a week and he would cook and then, you know, we'll, we'll talk and no phones involved, no TV, just talk and sometimes even enjoy the silence. So both parents for me did a good job there because, you know, we value, value quality time yeah. with family and it's kind of a routine as well. 
Yeah. It's every day, basically, with mom. And then with dad, it's every week. We have the same routine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really nice. I really love the first the first um, part that you said, where it's like the connection and everyone's sort of like in their own community. And I think like, because I'm part Malay and part like, so part Asian, part white, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, part Malay and part Australian. Yeah. <laughs> so my family back in Malaysia, they're always there with each other every week you see them take a photo and have lunch yeah somewhere or go bowling or do something yeah and then on the other side of my family in New Zealand everyone is different again where we're all they're all doing their separate thing but it's always one of them judging another person (laughs) like they'll send a call oh wait you're part kiwi yeah oh I thought Jeez, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I said Australian. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Dina. No, it's, it's close <laughs> enough because I'm part Australian, part Kiwi there on that side too. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I'm, How many I'm nationalities do you have? Oh, British, Kiwi, New Zealand, Malay. Wait, pa- Kiwi, New Zealand, that's one. Uh, Australian, <laughs> New Zealand, um, Malay, Pakistani as well. Oh, wow. So it's a lot. Wow. <laughs> a lot that created me. Wow. You're precious. <laughs> I'm, some, I'm a You're majority rare. of countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But You're like a Selena Gomez, right? Yeah. You're rare. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's that sort of like everyone really judges each other on that side where they're all very much okay, this person, they, one of your uncle did this. And like my uncle recently. Um, the last couple of years has started an avocado farm in New oh, Zealand oh, so in cute. a little orchard. Yeah. Which is, Ava. it's amazing. But my family on that, on their side always say, you know, he wasted all his money. And I'm just like, you're not really supporting him. Like it doesn't have to support him in a financial sense, but support him in a um, like emotional sense and be like, okay, it's cool. It's amazing that you're doing this. Do you have something like I am concerned with how, you are and I hope that you're doing okay if it was on that side that everyone would pitch in everyone would help and it's very different when you see the contrasting um sides Mm -hmm. so like a sense of belonging I'm just like I'm part of everywhere and I think that really has um emotionally shown as well where the sense of belonging is I'm from here but I don't really fit in there yeah but I'm also from another place but I don't really fit in there either because I'm either too Asian to be in the white family, too white to be in the Asian family. So it's like <laughs> where I'm sitting wow. right on that fence. That, that Yeah, wow. That's interesting. So, And I think like I've had this conversation with a lot of people who are mixed race as well. And it's very different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, everyone definitely feels the same where it's like they never really belong in one area. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was really. It's really nice to hear that there are some families in this world who have that sense of um, community and belonging, and that actually spend quality time yeah, together. Yeah, my family spends way too much time together. I'm telling you, like <laughs> it's it's annoyingly cute and sweet. Because yeah. like, yeah, like I was home for three months, right? Remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. We would hang out, like, I mean, with me and my mom. I don't mind that because, you know, like, we, we were apart for so long. And we were kind of hanging out every day. Yeah. And, in fact, like, I, like, for the first time in years, started having lunch regularly wow. <laughs> at the exact okay. same time with yeah. mom. Yeah. Because I had to, you know, have lunch with her. Uh-huh. I was prioritizing that because being home reminded me of that as well. 
Yeah. Okay. And sometimes she'll be like, oh, you know, don't wait for me because I might be home late. And I'll be like, no, I'll wait for you. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. When I could, obviously, if I have meetings, I have to run. But, yeah. you know, like that was like really interesting how the conditioning kind of came back. Because I was like, oh, yeah. like now I want this. I actually wanted it. Yeah. Oh, and it wow. actually was great for me. Yeah. Because this is the, here's the background. When you're away from your family for so long, I don't know about the others, but when you're away from your family for so long and you're on your own, you're mm. on your own kid, <laughs> you feel a sense of disconnection from everything and everyone. Yeah. I have a lot of great friends. I have a few people I would call best friends. Mm-hmm. I hang out with them a lot. I don't feel the same way. Okay. And that really helped me to feel grounded. Yeah. Because a big part of me when I was here, you know, like I think I think I did tell you this as well last time. If I'm repeating myself, then you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> just more information. <laughs> it's kind of like you don't have the connection. You don't feel like, you know, what's next. Mm-hmm. And it could feel like it's going to be like that forever. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my friends will move on with their lives. They will, you yeah. know, move move away, for example, or um, a couple of them have started to, you know, like have family with kids. Some of them are, you know, moving on with new chapters in their lives. So they are moving away to other countries, not even like moving houses, yeah. moving to other countries. And, you know, some of them might eventually couple up and get married and like I have friends who already shared their plans about getting married like this year and next year and I was like wow so you're moving on with your life and you know like I mean I won't be able to hang out with you as much anymore yeah right so when I have that sense of connection with my mom again when I was home I was kind of like wow this is why it's so great to be here Mm -hmm. yeah obviously you know there there's there was good there was bad but it was so good to be here because it was her and our routine mm-hmm. and the way that she made me feel in general about this routine, how important it is. Yeah. Maybe in the past I felt like it was too strict, but I grew up and I felt like, you know what? I want this. Yeah. It wow. helps. That's, yeah. It's very, it's very interesting to see how different you see it then and how you see it now. I know. Because, like you said, it was strict. You felt it was strict. You felt yeah. it was everything was, I like, know. at a certain time. And now you're craving it. And I think that's that's something that's really interesting, especially on this show. Like, you talk about, we talk about parenting. We talk about the effects that a parent has on a child. But you see, as a product, and you get older, there is some things that the child really looks forward to. Yeah. And to I see know. that that's a that's something that's um, changed so much Yeah, is, is very interesting to me because mm-hmm. it's not like there's no set, like even she didn't expect you to be wanting it so much. Yeah. She well. was like, oh yeah, just eat before I head home because I might be late. I was like, yeah. no, 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 I have to wait for you. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, it was like conditioning. I yeah. was like, whoa, it's 12. <laughs> I need to go downstairs. Yeah. Like I want to. Wow. Yeah. Have have you sort of put that routine into your own life as well in some ways? Well, no, because I live by myself. Yeah. No, <laughs> like knowing that certain time that you're going to eat and you do no. that. Okay. No, actually. So, so that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why it's so good. Yeah. That's why I'm saying my parents, my mom particularly, 
did such a good job. And again, throughout this conversation, I'm going to refer to my parents, but it's actually mostly my mom. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I should say, I should start saying my mom. Because, um, yeah, they, they're very different, mom and dad. Um, I spend my whole life with my mom. So she did a very good job. Yeah. Because of the way that our grandparents did it as well. So, yeah. you know, my mom's uh, parents. And it's like, you feel like it is a bit, much sometimes when you were a teenager, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I'm reflecting on my childhood now. I'm like, oh, maybe as a teenager and as a young adult, I felt like it was a bit too much. But mm -hmm. now that I've moved away, now I've lived a, a different life. I so appreciate that. Yeah. And I cannot replicate that in my life now because things just suck me in. Yeah. And really, there's no one there. You know, yeah. so if I have a lot to do, I just do it. I just eat at my desk. Yeah. Because there's no reason why I would prioritize sitting down, um, you know, like at that exact time. Mm -hmm. Since there's the wiggle room. Yeah. Since there are things that will suck me in yeah. again. Um, so, yeah, that period I, w I was kind of like I was really slowing down. I was really prioritizing that because I knew how important it was. But now that I kind of know oh, it's not that important for me personally, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also you're eating by yourself as well. It's different. Yeah. I don't know if anyone, any of your guests has, has talked about this. But yeah. Like I actually want to talk to my guests about this because it's happiness and well-being. But eating by yourself is very different from eating with other people. That's, I was going to ask that, especially that, especially like the, the silence, you'll explain the silence that you have. Like sometimes you just sit in silence when you're eating with your mom or your dad. Is there still, that's a very different silence than when you're eating by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a very different feeling. 100%. And like you, you know that you still have that person mm -hmm. there or that you could start a conversation yeah. if you wanted to. The connection is there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like especially the silence, I feel like especially when you have parents, when you have your kids sitting at the dining table, um, I think I only used to do it when I was younger, when we sat down at a certain time and ate. Uh, but it was so nice to have that time with them. Yeah. But... I felt like growing up, you always had to have a conversation. Like we never sat in silence, but we still had either the TV playing. We still had like, um, we were watching a, I brought my laptop and we used to watch a movie while we sat down and ate. It was like the only time where all of us mm. sat down and ate. We didn't, we talked about our day sometimes as well. Mm. Like we still had communicated, yeah. but there was like technology that was still blocking us. Yeah. And it's very interesting to know now that that's impacted me growing up because I now start watching, I only watch things when I'm eating dinner mm. or when I'm eating something or getting ready. Like there's, when I'm doing something else that can't have silence, that's impacted my need to fill the silence up with watching a movie or watching a YouTube video. And like just the impact that that had on me, I didn't notice that until you just said it. And I'm like, wow, it really is how it's impacted you are like it's filled up your time because you're so not used to the silence of completely sitting and being by yourself. Yeah. And yeah, it's very, it's very interesting to me, like seeing that the difference between eating with someone else and eating by yourself. Yeah, totally. Totally. Next question. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how has your parents' parenting style influenced the person you are today? Oof, that's a whole can of worm. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> I don't I don't know because 
I think a big part of what I'm doing now is still figuring out who I am. Mm -hmm. And relating that back to the experience of my early childhood. I think one of the things that I struggle with the most lately is just like how things are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I, when I was visiting them, I realized that the pace of life that I used to have with them is so different from the pace of life that I have now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because we're family, we have our routine. Now I have to set up my, my own routine. Yep. And for a long period of time, I was really like, I was great at it. I was, you know, setting time to eat, to do things, to, you know, just work and then finish on time and then just go out for for exercising and whatnot. But as time goes on, the more you do that, the more you realize the monotony of it when you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. So I don't know if this is affected by my childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. Or what it was, but lately I've been feeling like I need to be around friends more, you know, like, cause for example, eating together, that helps me. Yeah. If I, if I'm by myself, I'll either not eat Mm -hmm. or I'll just eat junk or eat really late. Yeah. But if I'm around other people, if I'm with friends, I'll eat healthy food. I'll eat on time. Okay. And I actually, you know, like eat good stuff. Yeah. So... I don't know, like, uh, I'm still figuring it out. I don't know what it is. Um, but I guess because of how close our family was when I was home, mm-hmm. I kind of have to figure out how I want to do that for myself because I'm living on my own. Yeah. So I need to, you know, figure out how to set my routine. So for for the person that I am today, I'm I'm just going to say it's a, it's a process of unpacking a lot of learnings. Yeah. Um, but I think on a deeper level, it's also kind of struggling to make sense of why I'm so different. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it was suppressed. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I realized, and I won't say too much about this, but I think one of the things that I've realized is that a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, mm-hmm. my parents never did. Yeah. Okay. Right. A Mm -hmm. lot of a lot of it. So I don't know. And sometimes I feel like I'm overdoing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because of their parenting style. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's a very deep question as well. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't have the answer. right? That's what I'm saying. I'm not an expert. I don't have the answer. But I just noticed. And this is this can be a research project in itself. For example, my mom. Never went out at weekends. Mm-hmm. We just stayed at home together. Mm-hmm. Never. Probably like 99% of the time we would be home. Mm-hmm. 1% of the time we'll go see relatives or something. Okay. So very rarely would you see us go out. And then once I started to be independent and I could go out by myself and was allowed to, you know, like have the money and the vehicles to do that. Yeah. I just did that constantly like like I, I felt like I over I overdid that. Yeah. So now I'm wondering if that's because of the parenting style that my parents had. Wonder if that's a generation thing. I don't know. As well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it a lot lately because you know I'm growing as a person. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I'm unpacking a lot of things I'm, as I well. I'm unpacking yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like when when people are giving me advice and give things like, for example, friends are saying like, oh, you're doing too much of this and too little of that. I'm like, yeah. But if I don't know why, I'm not going to be able to stop. No, exactly. You know, I need yeah. to understand the root cause. It's not like a hard stop. You got to stop it now. Like it doesn't work like that. Sorry. No. Yeah. And I think that comes with a lot of like when you're talking about, we go into the topic of like burnouts and things like that as well. Yeah. Like we work until we burn out. For me, that felt like such a big parent parenting style mm. that was put on to me as well. Okay. With the way that like my parents say, oh, you have to work hard. You have to do well in school. That was pushed on so much that I get burnt out so easily because I know if I'm sitting down on the couch, I'm procrastinating. I'm not relaxing. Yeah. And it's seen as procrastination. Like, okay, I'm sitting down on the couch. I could be doing laundry at the same yeah. time. So like there's a kind of styles, um, ways that sort of impact. And I've recently noticed that me sitting down and relaxing, I see it in my head as wasting time. Mm. Like if I'm just watching a YouTube video and just not doing anything else, I'm wasting time that I could be doing something productive. Yeah, okay, interesting. And that is, I've never noticed it until I think a couple of weeks ago when I just sat on my bed watching a YouTube video, eating a snack, and I'm like, hmm, I'm looking at laundry. Oh, I could be doing laundry, but I'm telling myself to relax, and it's not relaxing. Like nothing about this is relaxing because I my definition of relaxing is wasting time. So that I think definitely has impacted my parenting, the way that I've seen um, their parenting style. So like that could definitely be something that has influenced and it definitely has influenced me as a person because I see anyone sitting around, like I see my sister sitting around and I'm like, why are you wasting time? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm slowly realizing how much that's impacting yeah, how so I true. could parent. Oh my gosh. So true. Yeah, that's just that's just led me to realize that sometimes I would say things to friends and others, and I'm like, "Why? Hang on a minute! I sound like my mom, yeah. <laughs> and not in a good way." No, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the the caring part was really, really great. Like, she's a really caring, loving person, and you know, she, sometimes she cares about you a little bit, way too much, as yeah. well as moms do. And I think that's been having a really positive influence on me because I really care for people and I, you know, I take care of them as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's been good. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, sometimes I would notice people do something. I'm like, why don't, why aren't you doing it this way? And I'm like, oh, that's my mom speaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say like the, the parenting style of, of my parents, I don't have the answer as to like what exactly it was. Yeah. But all I can say is it definitely takes a lot of unpacking for me to kind of understand what happened there. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, when I was home, I don't know if I mentioned this, but when I was home, I was very anxious. Oh, wow. Okay. The, the lunch, the lunches were really great, but yeah. I was actually really anxious the whole time. Yeah. Maybe, and this is my theory, mm -hmm. maybe it was because of my parents' parenting style, like my mom in particular. Yeah. Because there was... A certain level of expectation. Like you need to keep your space open. Like you need to let people in. No closed doors. No, you know, like being by yourself, doing your thing for an extended period of time. Like what are you doing? Like we need to know. Yeah. 
And, you know, like she needed to know everything. Mm -hmm. And that was you being straight back home. And that, I think it slipped her into parenting mode. Yeah. Very so I don't know well. which word, you know, your experts would use for that kind yeah. of style of parenting. But it was kind of like she needed to know everything. Yeah. That was happening. Like who I was with, who I'm talking to. You know, like when I finish work, uh, what I'm doing that night, how, why, I, what time I went to bed, like why did I go to bed so late, and etc. Yeah. etc. Et I don't know, but yeah, I I got back to Melbourne and I started to feel really weird, and then I realized, oh, like I've been feeling really anxious mm -hmm. on edge the whole time, and I I didn't know why. Like it, you know, the aspect of socializing and being connected to family again was really good, yeah. But at the same time, the anxiety was really really big like just massive yeah and I think to kind of debate that as well I think it comes from me having been here for so long by myself okay so yeah. somebody might be able to help me to unpack this but I th I think it's just good to have to give your kid a certain level of freedom yeah you know like closed doors are okay but you have a family ritual and you do that when it's time but definitely not banging on the door that gives me a lot of anxiety yeah 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 and like having my own space is very important to me so I think parents should respect the kids space yeah yeah like definitely not like banging on doors or just opening doors out of nowhere oh opening doors was the big one for me yeah like uh, yeah yeah like the opening is like that's triggering yeah and not great and the the banging on the door is even worse because what if you're working yeah in my exactly. case, I was. I yeah. was actually working. Yeah. And or just walked in. So, yeah, I think respecting the privacy of your kid, you know, is an important aspect. And, and let them be. Yeah. You know, if, if they're not be, they're not able to do things by themselves, then, you know, what is going to come out of that? No, exactly. And I think, like, what you talk, respecting boundaries, but also letting them know that you're letting them not saying that I'm doing this out of love for you. And I think that that phrase for me is triggering because mm. like, oh, I'm doing this out of love. Like I'm doing this because I care about you. Like it's just like, OK, but you're doing this because you don't trust me. Mm. And we're being very honest when we say that. Yeah. Like that's true meaning of what that phrase means. Yeah. You don't trust. I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. And I want to see what you're up to. And. For me, that was that's a big phrase growing up. Being yeah. like, "Oh, I'm doing this because I care about you," mm. but I'm like, "Are you sure? Are you like, are you sure?" <laughs> yeah, because a lot of it, like when you talk about respecting boundaries, you won't tell your kid everything in your life. So why do you expect them? The, exactly. But also, to it's gotta respect, go both ways. Yeah, like there are some things that a parent won't tell a child because it's a child. Yeah, there are also some things a child weren't always open up to with a parent because yeah. it's not, it's something that they have to go through. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that every parent and child should have a secret, but like every parent and child deserves some level of privacy. Exactly. And unless, unless they come to you and ask you, and I feel like you shouldn't really budge your, them yourself into their life. Mm. And that seems what it seems what it's doing, especially the opening doors. I grew up with that. Like, I could never actually have my door shut growing up. I think there was one moment I got into so much trouble that my dad took my door off my room. Oh, my gosh. So I had no door. Oh, wow. For about, That's like, intense. a couple of weeks. That's intense. I don't know what I was doing. I must. I only remember that part. I don't remember what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But 
I feel like that for me was crossing such a big boundary because, mm. like, you, a kid deserves privacy. Absolutely. No matter what they're doing, it could. Like, yet there could be something bad. And I'm gonna be very honest, and only in a child's perspective, or what I grew up with. Because um, I'm not a parent. I don't know what parents have to deal with, but I know what kids have to deal with for sure. And for me, that crosses such a big, big boundary that crosses so many things that a child really can surely resent, start to resent. Mm-hmm. And that adds to a whole lot of lists of things that yeah. um, I know that that's the way that my parents were parented. And that definitely takes a toll on them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's such a big, big thing when you're not like, I notice it now as an adult that that's the way that they were. Yeah. But that doesn't really have to define how I am mm-hmm. and how I would parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm slowly starting to realize that my parenting skills would use a lot of work before I'm even thinking about having kids. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that I have to yeah. understand that they did that I shouldn't do. Yeah. Look, I think personally, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not imposing this on anyone, but personally, I'm first of all doubtful where whether I would have kids in the first place. But if I were to have kids, mm-hmm. I would first of all go to therapy. Yep. And find out what I normally do to people because I don't know about this. No. And I don't know about my tendencies. Yes. You know, unless I go to therapy um, and talk about it and really unpack it. I mean, journaling is great, but it's not enough. Because, you know, like, what if you, you know, what if you miss out on details and you're not digging deep enough? Yeah. However, I would also say this. While you're talking about boundaries, I realized that one of the things that my mom did that I was kind of like, I was heavily affected by is the fact that she put me first in a lot of circumstances and put family first in a lot of circumstances. So when parenting is kind of like, okay, like this is about you. I'm going to do this for you. La la. To a point where she forgets about herself. Mm -hmm. And she would use the sacrifice as a way to guilt trip me. So two things. Yeah. One is to over prioritize your kid. Mm -hmm. And two is to guilt trip your kid. So these are the two things that I would not do. Yeah course you know when you're a parent you definitely have to really make sure you're taking care of your kids yes you know like again find out why you want to be a parent in the first place but you will take care of your kids however you cannot forget about yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself you're pouring from an empty cup yeah and what are your kids gonna get that's a that's a question that i ask myself this is personally speaking yeah and then the other thing is obviously You know, like the guilt tripping part, like that does not work. No, it doesn't. It does not work. And also I told my mom this as well. Um, I think a while ago I was kind of like, I understand that you sacrificed for me, Mm -hmm. but I didn't ask you to. Yep. You could have said no rather Mm -hmm. than said yes and used it against me later. Yep. Yeah. That is a, for me, that is a big thing when I'm noticing that nowadays, like recently I had this, I would like to call it discussion, but it really was an argument. Um, I had this argument with my mom. We were talking about, um, we're talking about my childhood 
And she's like, oh, when you were in trouble, who's the one that sort of came to you, came to the school and talked about it? And like, yeah, but you're a parent. That's what you're supposed to do. You can't use that and say that you care, you fully understood me and you fully were there out of love. Yes, you might have loved, you might love me. But the fact that you use that as a saying that as an example of you caring about me, that's a weird example to use because that's what you're supposed to do as a parent. You're supposed to go to the school when your kid's in trouble. You're supposed that's to what you signed talk. up for when you decided to become a parent. Yeah, that's not an indication of love. That's yeah. an indication of responsibility. So like trying to define what you're responsible to do and what you love, what you do out of love for your child, it's yeah. two very different things. And that was something that she saw as love. I saw as a role that you're supposed to play mm-hmm. as an active parent. Yeah. And growing up, even though I had two parents, she was the active parent. My dad was the person that went to work, was always at work, nine to five, that's what he did. And then my mom was the active parent. So like her taking that active role meant she was responsible for all these things. But it wasn't necessarily because she loved me. It was because she had to do it. Mm. So growing up, now, like as an adult now, I'm realizing that, okay, there are two different things that you have to do and that you would do for your kid. Yeah. So that is a recent argument that I had with my mom. Yeah, I hear you. So it's very interesting when you, like nowadays you are able to sort of define two different things. Yeah. But. I hear you. Couldn't agree more. Like now we have, now we have all these tools. Yeah. And I think it's, it takes a lot of work to realize these things because if you're in it, you don't know about it sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. The way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's why it's important to reflect on all these different things. Like, obviously I don't have the answer. I don't know what actually happened Mm. in, you know, in let's just say expert terms or scientific terms. But I I do know that it has such a strong impact on me that I, I don't think it should happen. No. Yeah. Because, yeah, like uh, it would have to do with, you know, like your tendency to become anxious mm-hmm. or depressed even um, and your ability to cope yeah. when things happen. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different aspects. And I would say the, the choice that parents can make is, uh, first of all, whether to have a child, whether to become yes. a parent. Yeah. And, and once they've made that choice, then... I don't think it it should be like a oh, I give birth to you, so I can do this. Like I own you, kind yeah, of. Thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Or like oh, I did you know like so and so for you. Yeah. Why are you doing this for me? And I'm like, if I love to do something for you, it it should come out of love. Yeah. It should be from my own free will. Exactly. You know, rather than it's kind of like a transactional guilt tripping kind yeah. of thing. I'm not responsible for you. That's the thing that's very very effective yeah and for me that's very much something that I have to say Mm -hmm. that you're responsible for me but I'm not responsible for you yeah so true so that's like the big definition thing for me yeah totally and like my responsibilities came about myself and what my future would look like Mm -hmm. I'm no way irresponsible for you I can choose to be a part of this and I can choose to help you, but I'm not going to be held responsible for taking care of you. And as sad as that is, like, it sounds like a really, it sounds like I'm a very bad child to a lot of people in 
the world. They'll be like, okay, why aren't you doing this for your parent? Because I'm not responsible for them. <laughs> they can decide if they, if they want help, they know that they can ask me and I would help them. But you have to ask or demand. Like, and that is a very big thing for me where it's like, okay, I'd rather them ask for help than them say, oh, I'm, you're supposed to help me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So going into the next section, which is the practice and habit part of it. Um, what is practice that you do to improve your relationship with your parents? Uh, great question. So for me, it's, um, I think I would say frequent check-in. And this doesn't have to be a call. It can be mm -hmm. a text. It mm -hmm. can be sending photos with my with my mom. So, you know, I prioritize, you know, building the relationship and maintaining the, the relationship with my mom. Yeah more than with the dad because of our nature of relationship. So I would text her, you know, every other day and I would call her weekly or bi-weekly. Mm -hmm. So depending on how busy I am, because I want to be fully present when I'm calling her. Yeah. But if I don't have time to call her, I would at least give her an update as to what's happening and then I'll ask her for an update. Mm -hmm. So that's my way of, you know, maintaining this relationship and just really stay in touch and, you know, keep that relationship alive. It is alive, obviously, but yeah. just to keep it hot. Yeah. Keep it warm. Yeah. <laughs> so are there any challenges that you find other than finding the time to do that? Are there any other challenges that you can think of? Um, I would say not having anything to say. Okay. On the calls. Yeah. Or, you know, um, not being fully present mm -hmm. when when talking or when communicating. Like, I think those could be the challenges when you're so caught up in life and, you know, you're still struggling to build a relationship with your parents because you need to understand who they are. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the things that I've observed. Okay. Um. Do you think that this practice has sort of impacted your perception in life or even your sort of ability to communicate? I think it's definitely helped because uh, it's changed how I would see the relationship between me and my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, what what helps is not just the way that we've been doing it, but also I noticed that my mom is not forcing communication on me either. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a two-way street. Okay. And I, I, I like that she respects how much I can communicate. Like, I mean, she complains about it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I see that she's embracing it now as well. So it's really good to kind of embrace checking in on each other in a simple way, like, you know, sending a message or a couple of photos instead of having a long call. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes on call, we just talk about the same thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just nothing new, new, new updates or anything. Yeah. Okay. So we're going into now the open mic session. Gets you get to talk about anything that you're passionate about or anything that you're currently working on. Yeah. Um, I know you know the drill, so I'll I give you the, the last couple of minutes before we end, and then you get to uh, have the floor for a second. <laughs> thank you. Um, well, I told you earlier that I would love to talk about uh, staying active. So yesterday we were, you know, we did a podcast recording on exercise for my yes. show well-being. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to talk about being physical active in a conscious way mm -hmm. because a lot of the times this happens to me. People who are from the previous generation, like my aunties and uncle would like, you know, make like nasty comments about somebody's, you know, like. Wait. Yeah, yeah, like the way they look. And yeah. anyways, it's it's kind of like triggering for me to say it out loud. 
uh, I feel like that creates a lot of pressure on people to work out and stay active and, you know, like lift weights or lose weight even when exercising. So I would love to highlight the importance of physical uh, exercise in the sense of being active. Like you can just prioritize going for a walk after work, you know, be in nature, Mm -hmm. walk through a garden or if you can and if you would like to, you know, take gym classes or go to the gym with your friends because that helps you to stay socially engaged as well. Mm -hmm. And helps you to have, you know, a new environment. Um, and the reason for that is for your well-being in general. It should not be about the way that you look. Yeah. Because I think yesterday we mentioned this and I really want to share this message with everyone who yes. might be listening. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you look. Yeah. If you if you look like a model but you feel sick, then there's really no point. Yeah. Yeah. Just eat the pizza or, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> Love pizza. Yeah, as long as you're taking care of your body by staying active. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that we have a big problem in the world now, which is obesity. And that's a completely different topic in itself. But what I'm trying to say is if someone is saying, oh, like you, you, you look fat or fatter. Yeah. Triggering words again. Yeah. It's not healthy. First of all, to say that to someone. So if you're if you're the ones that have been saying these things, please be mindful. But I think it's also us being mindful of what we should do for our bodies. Yeah. So being physically active to me is so important because for a really long time I stopped doing this mm-hmm. because I was busy. Yeah. And I put that in quotation because I could have just made myself not busy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Until or if I don't do that, life will stop me. I had a friend who who was sent to the emergency room because she was burnt out. Wow. I wasn't there yet. Yeah. I was close to getting there. Yeah. But when when that happened to my friend, I was like, okay, this is not great. No. There's something got to change. Yeah. Yeah. And if I kept going the way that I was, I would definitely be in that situation. Wow, yeah. Which is not ideal. And for a really long time, I did not stay physically active. And I felt like my brain was getting foggy. Mm-hmm. And research shows, for like exercise, you know about this. Everyone knows about this. It releases feel-good yes. chemicals. Yes. Everyone knows about this, but we just don't do this. And be active in different ways, whichever works for you. It doesn't matter. Like that's the most important thing. Yeah. If you think you don't have time, you actually do. Yeah, you're just using it differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a matter of priority. Yeah. I could prioritize sleeping in, in the morning. Oh, I could prioritize going to the gym. Yeah. And then go to bed earlier. Yeah. Gym has such a big, big effect. The biggest yeah. effect. And it's not, I don't think it's necessarily the going, actually the weights and everything. It's the whole vibe that you feel when you go. Yeah. Like, it's a community. It's, it is a community. And we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's my message. Yeah. If you haven't if you haven't seen the episode, it's coming out this this week. Uh, yeah, I think it should it should come out this week as well. It should come out this week. Yeah, and then we'll be able to um yeah we I was lose on this side this time in that episode, and then we spoke about her um about my journey into fitness, and we discussed a lot about staying active. Yeah. So yeah, definitely go check that out on Lose on Lose channel. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, that was it's such a big thing to stay active. And I think even like in the work chat, there's been like a little people, um, there's been people messaging about studies about saying 53% of um, mental health comes from physical active, 
happiness. Yeah, I think happiness come from fifty percent. Fifty percent of people say that happiness comes from physical well health and well being. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, so that's, a, that's a big part of it. It is. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming onto the show, Lou. And thank you for having me. Always amazing to share it's personal so experience. Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's, it's a tough topic to talk about. Yes. This but whole channel seems like it is. I'm glad. I'm glad we could talk about it. So so am I. I'm glad. I'm that scared. You have I'm scared that people would listen to this. To be honest, but yeah, I'll I'll let it be out there anyway. Hopefully, yeah. it helps someone. It's the honest truth, and I think yeah. like on both sides. It's both sides, like, as well as, as it is to share parenting experiences, it's also nice to share childhood experiences. And it's important to share both sides. So I'm really glad that we got to do that today. And I got to share some things. You got to share some things. Um, yeah, it's really nice to get to know you even more. Oh, which is me too. always amazing. Yeah. So if you guys want to go check out Lou's channel, it'll be down in the description below. I don't know what it is. But it's down there. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you want to see more episodes, don't forget to follow, to like and subscribe and send us any comments or any questions that you want either me or Lou to answer. Um, yeah, we'll have some time where maybe we'll go through the comments if there is any. And Yeah, we should discuss. wrap up because we've been scolded that we're over time. Yes, exactly. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to Raising Parents, the Parenting Science Insights Podcast. Produced by the Parenting Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at pa.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Dina Sargent, and thanks for tuning in.